You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine, the show in which we watch color films made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965. We use them as windows into the past. We throw these windows open, we climb through to the other side, and we have ourselves a poke around at the world beyond. And while we do this, we ask some critical questions. On behalf of all of you listeners out there, I know this is information that you would like to know, but we're asking things such as, these people, who are they? What are their habits? How are they treating one another? What decisions are they making and why? And also, most critically, of course, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And at the end of the program, after we've walked through the entire film, we're going to ask the final essential question on behalf of all humanity, which is this movie, you guys, that we just watched and talked about and explored, analyzed. Are we going to keep watching this? Are we going to hang on to this one? Or do we just cast it aside and just let it kind of float off into oblivion to be uncovered 10,000 years from now by some future uh, people's culture or whatever? Uh, do we just leave it as Atlantean wreckage for them to discover and uh, move on with our lives here? And now we will find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my panel of international experts at being human in the early 21st century. And also, I continue to add, the smartest people that I know. Starting to my left, as ever, Catherine Sherlock. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Thank you. And to your left, of course, Trishma Nike. Hey, Trish. Hello. Welcome to the program. How's it going? Pop quiz, Trishma. Yes. Did you watch this movie? Yes. Whoa! <laughs> right, all right, all right. Ask the second part of the question. Did you like this movie? Is that the question? No. Did you stay awake? Oh, did you stay awake? Okay, okay, okay. Mm. I mean, that's kind of, you know, neither here nor there. I'll take it if, as long as you start the movie. I need you to see opening credits. You know, you don't, you don't want to miss it. You got to the first um, half, half an hour, I feel. Okay, but great. But considering that it was just an hour and a half movie, yeah. I feel like I did just The first third will do you. You got, you got the gist? Perfect. Right. <laughs> Can't wait. Is sitting to your left, of course, uh, also across the ocean, my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hey, sis. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. I'm so happy to be here today. Thanks for flying your voice all the way across the ocean to join us here today. We you appreciate it. You are more than welcome. And meanwhile, we are holding down the fort today by talking about 1950s Destination Moon. You guys, listen. Yeah, okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, it has moon in the title. We It is full-on moon energies here at the table. We, we're all vibing right now. We're all vibrating on the same lunar frequencies. I feel pretty good about it. Today, we're going to go total left turn. This is a different genre uh, than we're accustomed to. This is not some kind of melodrama. This isn't some wonky, shitty friends knockoff comedy. This is a, a sci-fi, hardcore space movie, everybody. And I am here for it. Catherine, mm -hmm. you here for it? Yes. I know you are. Yes. This is why it was essential that you be a part of this. 
<laughs> I needed you here to be with this one because, boy, I tell you, this is uh, kind of where it all begins, Destination Moon. This is like w- one of the first big ones. Right. And this is where... So normally we kind of limit our our watching to things contemporaneous to the times in which we are exploring, of course, this Cold War period. This is no exception. This is all supposed to be taking place in the here and now of 1950. Uh, it is very speculative, though, in that none of the things happening in it existed at the time. But it, this, these are the fantasies the ideas of, the of the people. Yes, exactly. The people that we are that we are parsing right now. This is. This is what they dream about. This is what their dreams look like. They wanted to go to the moon, and this is what they thought that was going to be like. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk <laughs> one-line reviews for Destination Moon. Catherine, can you kick us off? Do you have a one-line review, please? I do. Okay, here we go. Um, moon dust dry drama. <laughs> Terribly earnest. Before it's time and nobody dies. That's – wow. You really – Caught all of it. Perfect. That's a great review. I, I just want to pick up because I had the exact same word float through my head as I was watching this. Earnest. Mm. Totally. Mm. This is really, this is what it's going to be. We're pretty close to this and this, we're all fine with this. Yeah. And believe it. And I believe it. I do. I think that this is really what they thought. <laughs> Shrishma, do you have a one-line review for the third of this movie that you saw? Right. I mean, you know, I, I was going to say, well, my one-line review is it's, it's essentially um, another propaganda-type movie yeah. about American brilliance and excellence and, you know, We're strength, exceptional. like the position that they held at that time mm-hmm. in the global space Yeah, is yeah. kind of flex on that. Especially American industry. Right. I kept I mean, saying American industry. industry. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, yes. I think um, as I was dozing off, that phrase kind of played into my sleep cycle. You're just like, more of this American shit, huh? Industry. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I get it. <laughs> uh, arsenal of democracy and space democracy, too. Mm. Space colonialism. Uh, for real. For, mm-hmm. I claim possession of this planet. Well, first, there's so many, so many things wrong with it. Exactly. We'll get to it. Yeah. Carolyn, do you have a one-line review for Destination Moon? Yeah. I was really disappointed that we didn't have Frank Sinatra's version of Destination Moon, the song. Anywhere Destination in this Right. Because this movie was very serious mm. and I still oh, yeah. laughed through it hysterically the entire okay. time. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, That's our I've one got- line review. Okay, perfect. Unintentional perfect. laughs. <laughs> we will. We're going to circle back to those laughs, of course. I'm very curious as to what really got you uh, about this. It must be the antics of Mr. Joe Sweeney, is what I would guess. Oh boy, uh, man's early dreams of lunar travel are pretty adorable, but could definitely use a woman's touch. Mm-hmm. No, it's one lady in this movie, and we get her for a fraction of a minute, uh, and it's the rest of it is just plain old uh, yeah. white bread man, mm-hmm. American man. Not a uh, person of color to be seen. Nope. Uh, the only woman is one man's wife, and she is quickly cast aside. And that's it. That's the whole film. We're spending a lot of time with our four main characters here. Yeah. 
So shall we get into it? Let's let's get started here. We open with the moon just sitting in the sky, right? Just haunting us, daring us to go up there and explore and poke around. This, of course, is an effect shot. This is, we know this name, Chesley Bonestell. He's a famous uh, art, space art conceptualist. Mm. We know him from the opening of The War of the Worlds, which he designed all of the, you know, here's Jupiter, and it was too molten for them to land and all this. He created all of that artwork. He does it here as well. This is also a, a George Powell production who produced The War of the Worlds a few years from now. So he's doing you know, spaces where he, he belongs. It's his comfort zone. Yeah. And he does it really well. And then he eventually goes on to do The Time Machine. Okay. Sixties. So which is a incredible. So his thought somehow. So his thought on space travel and has you can see the evolution of yeah, because it's not just going to the moon. He took it to like Time yeah, level. and then he he does after this. I think it's 1955. He does a film we're going to watch called Conquest of Space, okay. which is about a, basically living in a space station, like a big circular wheel. Oh. And yeah, it is. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> it. I mean, I kept see. I kept. I, I had to go and look up like when 2001: Space Odyssey was. Which is 1968, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm seeing things here. Yeah. And I, again, I don't even know. I don't know whether it was the maybe it was the recording that we were watching, but there was like when they were in the space rocket, there was this continuous hiss. And if you think uh-huh, of the uh-huh. soundscape, yeah. In 2001, there's that mm-hmm. there's that background machine noise, like a thrumming a, sound, or a, oh, it's a. S- Interesting. Kind of a thing. Is it like uh, oxygen? Uh, or is, it, is it gassy no, or no? no, no or? I, I, I'm not. It's, it's it's just some kind of frequency that yeah cuts through. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, if you go back and watch 2001: Space, you, yeah. you, you, but I mean, I don't, I don't know whether it was intentional on this or whether you know it could okay. have been the fact that the sound on the recording was a bit crappy, but it kind of made me. But there were other pieces that made me think. Wait, hey, hang on. When was I, okay. re- I really felt you feel like, like this informed it a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. Yes. Because I'm just continually blown away by how advanced 2001 is conceptually, yep. aesthetically. Yep. It is. It's so far ahead. It does. It, absolutely. It's like yes. 20 years ahead of where everybody yeah. else was. It's. But, I mean, it's and it's light years ahead of this. But yeah. You can see this is like the inception. There's so many different versions of this movie out now in like the more modern forms. I don't yeah. think people need to go back all the way to see this. Like okay. there's okay. far more exciting options of like now space travel and discovery or whatever you want to sure. like, why would a person choose to come back? Yeah. I, I guess for me, it's the the fact that it was, it was 1950 and someone imagined this yeah. and the concepts that are, um, portrayed here are still relevant they are still being portrayed mm-hmm. yeah in more exciting ways more exciting drama more exciting storytelling mm. better special effects but it was all here yeah 20 years before we actually touched down on the moon yeah it's almost and that really is quite yeah. something it doesn't seem like in my mind the timeline of my mind if I'm just giving a cursory glance, it's like, yeah, this is kind of in the era of like the beginning of the space program or whatever, but it's really not. No, no. It's not fantastical. 
Yeah, it's the thing. It's trying to be practical. It's very, it's like, yeah. was it, is it Jules Verne, like, going to the moon and all of that? Yes, yes. That, that's shooting out of a cannon right? and all that, yeah. Yeah, but this is accurate to the technology or the slightly mm -hmm. future imagined technology of the day. Yeah, and we see this is the heyday of the atom mm. and power of the atom. We've only mm -hmm. just recently unlocked the, the, yep. the mysteries of the atom. I think we've only just started... Smashing atoms together to create hydrogen bombs. I think mm. that was 1949, maybe. Yeah. But this is all of this is again. Uh, so we looked up Sputnik over our little brunch before we recorded here. 1957 is when we actually get the yeah. thing into orbit, humanity. And so the idea that this is actually, I mean, it's not. All right, it's not accurate. Like they didn't, they didn't nail it. But a lot of the concepts they yeah. got very close to. I think so. Yeah. As far as how things work in a frictionless, you know, the vacuum of space mm. or uh, zero gravity, which they yeah. call free orbit, which mm. I thought was rather charming. <laughs> um, zero G is way cooler, but free orbit, that's eh, eh, it's all okay. right. I get it. Okay, <laughs> it works. Okay. Catch on, but yeah. whatever. So yeah, so we we get this incredible bombastic opening about destination moon, and we open as one does on a forbidden military site, mm -hmm. and a rocket is waiting to be launched. Now this is rockets in the classic sense, the V two sense of a very aerodynamic with fins and everything. Picture your your Bugs Bunny or your Donald. Uh, Daffy Duck cartoons about going into space or whatever. That's basically what we're looking at here. It's Wasn't just this Woody the Woodpecker. Well, oh, yes. Wasn't there a cartoon? Yeah, there, no, that was there's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dreaming yes, coming up. No, 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 no. We're not dreaming that. <laughs> I, I wish I was, but anyway. <laughs> so we open on these guys uh, about to launch a rocket. We meet two of our main characters. We meet Doctor Cargraves and his friend General Thayer, retired of course. And so we learn throughout the film that General Thayer has been a very pro-space mouthpiece. He's It's his passion. It's his dream to see mankind go into space to a point where he rattled too many cages and was actually sort of forced out of his position in the military because people didn't want to deal with it. And this is a thing to remember about this film in general. I would wager was probably on some level used to start convincing people and explaining to people the importance uh, perceived at the time, of course, as we were about to find out, of of pursuing going into space. And like, what Absolutely. is the point? Why would why would we spend money on this? And so, this film in itself kind of serves as pro space propaganda, mm. just as within the film, the Woody Woodpecker short cartoon also does the same thing for the characters funding this space mission a lot of just funding talk in this movie yes just, <laughs> just don't tell the american people about all the nazis we brought in to do this work <laughs> okay so uh, carolyn you wanted to talk about operation paperclip could you explain to the group and to the world actually uh, Trishman in particular right was curious okay. about operation paperclip Yes, I'm going to... And it lack I'm thereof gonna, in this film. <laughs> yes. I'm going to dedicate this portion to... I'm going to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Mel. Great. You know who you are. She, Hi, Mel. She gets Hi. into all of the uh, Operation Paperclip. Have a cookie. Cookie. She She's mm. a guru. So I'll probably butcher this and I apologize in advance. But Operation Paperclip, I actually did study it in my doctoral work um, from a policy sense, but... 
it was a program that the the U.S. had to basically pluck um, all manner of scientists that were Nazis during World War II that had even the Nazis realized their value and pulled back all their PhDs and their science masters um, from combat roles and had them starting to work on German rocket plans. And mm-hmm. so basically the U.S. handed out all these pardons to these to these German Nazi scientists and brought them to the U S and they were working with, uh, the, I think the air force had the largest number of sponsored, uh, operation paperclip scientists. Uh, many of them then worked for NASA. So like one of the big names you'll hear is, um, Werner von Braun, uh, who I think has won many awards, but you know, was obviously critical to like getting, American folks to the moon. Um, and all of this plays into post World War II, Cold War, space race, you name it. Um, but it's, I, one of the things when I was watching this movie, I was like, we're just not addressing that. That's cool. 1950 probably would definitely not have been advertising Operation Paperclip. No, where, no, no. Uh, a lot of our achievements came from Nazi scientists. So. How do you explain it? How do you explain it to the public? Is it, <laughs> just skip it, really. Just you right, just spent you just you, you just sent your husbands and your sons over to uh, kill and be killed, right? And now we're taking these same people. Now, to be fair, there, I think there is some. This was very complicated because I'm sure there was a lot of nuance within right. the operation itself because many scientists. Right. I mean, that's. I'm I'm probably doing a horrible job of explaining it, but it is it is a program that you know was in wide wide use to make these technological advances post World War II, um, and basically offering pardons to you know the enemy. Anybody useful? Yeah. Anybody useful? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so some of, some of these scientists were just stuck in the country when the mm-hmm. war started. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not able to leave. And some of them, like uh, Werner von Braun, was a very actually high-ranking member of the Nazi mm-hmm. party. So he, yep. there is blood on that man's hands, right. and yet he became the public face of the U.S. space program. Right. You see him, he actually hosts uh, a Disney special, Disney-produced special from okay. the 1950s about man going into space. I think it was after this one, but it's around the same, it's in the 50s when they're still conceptualizing how they want to do this. And he is the guy that we talk about, and we kind of celebrated him at the time as some sort of hero of the rocket world because, you know, rocketry was very romantic at the time. Uh, it yeah. continues to be. So back to our, our film, where we meet Dr. Cargraves, we meet retired General Thayer. They have this odd, they, the movie opens with some of the oddest dialogue I can conceive of, which goes as follows. There it is, General. This is your vindication. Glad you're here today. Then the general responds with, Profit without honor, eh? At least I'm still alive to see these. To which the doctor replies with, They'll break your necks to bring you back and raise you right when they see what this can do. I don't know what those words mean. No, no, no. It's like there should have been some preamble somewhere to make sense of this conversation. Yeah. This is... uh... It's slangy. It's catchphrasy. I guess I, this is. Yeah, I missed a lot of what was happening. I was just like, "Ooh, concrete bunker." Yeah, I, I mean, I had to go back because I was just like, "What? Break your necks to bring you back and raise you right when they see what this can do." Like that's that's just a, a string of 
half sentences put together. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, having seen the entire film, I am left equally confused. So there it is. Profit without honor. I'm assuming that's the general saying, well, I'm not technically in the military still, but I get to enjoy the fruits of my getting fired, I guess. Yeah. Nice. So the countdown begins for, uh, from this man. We get every beautiful agonizing second counted. It's like 30 seconds of counting. It's he's just counting down the whole thing. And he's got um, this excellent machine that of lights that helps him count as well. And the rocket launches and we see this is what appears to be file footage of what's probably an actual test, I would think. And of course, it spirals out in the sky and then crashes and everybody is left a little disappointed. And the general is concerned that maybe this will impact the impression that the space program is making on those who pay for it at this point the federal government and thus begins you mean taxpayer uh, dollars yes taxpayer dollars a, a very lengthy discussion about appropriations that goes on throughout the entire film the doctor however is not worried he's like oh we'll get the funny don't fucking worry about it like people want us to do this and it'll be fine but this is a real drag for the time being but they are operating out of a bunker with about five guys in it. I think what is also amusing to me is, yeah, is, is how uh, charmingly small town this space program feels where, you know, even when they have like everybody on, all hands on deck, it's like 25 people helping to finish build the rocket. Where is again, this is where when we talk about faking the space launches, all of the the thousands of people who worked on various aspects of the space program, as we would end up seeing 20 years later with the uh, Apollo missions. It's, it's crazy to think that this is like three guys, you know, one guy to push the button, one guy to work the radio and the other guy to look out the window to see if it actually goes. Hello everybody. Welcome back to the approximate midpoint of the show. Jay-Z here to tell you all about one of our incredible products. Normally I'm telling you about the Tee Public store, of course, still available, still linked in the show notes. But today we're going to put some shine on the Patreon. Uh, you hear us mention it throughout the show and I know you're curious as to what it is. It's $2 a month is what it is, people. Uh, and for $2 a month, you're getting double the lovely content that you're getting here in the free feed. That's right. We call the place the Boom Room. It is a museum that we are building of mid-century artifacts. So we spend quite a lot of time going scene by scene through each of the films that we discuss on the program here. So if you're like, oh yeah, I'm so excited to listen to them talk about Destination Moon, but they did not talk about that one guy's sweet office bathroom. Well, don't worry about it, because we did talk about that office bathroom. And yes, it is sweet, but it's on the Patreon cut. So join us. Two bucks a month. That is nothing to you guys. You can afford that just rolling over in bed. You're making that type of money. Two bucks a month. It's less than the price of two cups of coffee. <laughs> That's a metric, right? Uh, so just get, take that money for the coffee, give it to us, and you're going to get twice the content. So join us over there. We'll see you there. Uh, and if you do, I'm going to thank you just like I will right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. At this point, though, we get, let's do another hat index check because we are at 100%. Oh my God. Four out of four different hats. We've got a work hat here. We've got 
classic dirty white baseball trailer hat. We've got a couple of uh, fedoras as well. This man has shown up and he's got a cease and desist order of some kind that says, look, I have legally obtained uh, assurances that you are not allowed to launch your rocket right now. These guys in the background here, they hear this and they're like, well, well we should let them know. So they they scoot off and they they warn the scientists, hey, somebody has a warrant that's going to stop this rocket launch. It is. It's never been done. So they haven't gotten around to prohibiting it. So silly. Uh, mm. But this is what really motivates this launch. And so they are like, well, now's the time. We're going to go and they get into the world's slowest elevator to ascend up to their door into the rocket ship. Most expensive pile of junk in history. Just as the just as this guy arrives and is like shouting at them and they're like, oh, we can't hear you. It's crazy. And he's like, I, you know, I'll see you in court mm-hmm. or what presumably. And so they they go in everything about this rocket ship. Again, it's so charming in its smallness and its. And it's homemadeness, like the the gantry way that they're walking on. It's like rocking back and forth. And then you see the actual Apollo gantry way, which is this massive building in itself. Huge. You know, it's probably it's probably larger than the apartment we're sitting in, like like width wise. It's massive. It's a massive walkway to get into the the Apollo spacecraft. But these guys, it's just kind of like a little Boy Scout like rope bridge that they kind of walk on. And then they get into it and it's just all ladders from your local hardware store and then a bunch of lounge chairs from the patio. Okay. <laughs> I thought it's just one way thing. to do it. It's one way to do it. You know? But so they they get into this spaceship, which has these uh bunk bed style seating arrangements. Very strange, one over the other. These look like lounge chairs again from Leather. the back patio. They have these very comfortable looking pads here. Mm. that either they do seem they seem a little loose though they need to either be reinflated or some springs added to to provide the support <laughs> necessary office chairs for from long-term their office space travel that they just screwed into the wall <laughs> yeah and but and so at this point the film s- starts to slow down oh somehow God. even more so more, yeah. because this is we're getting every scintillating second of them getting into these chairs and then strapping themselves in and start, let's, let's strap our legs into these chairs and then our chests in these chairs. And then we're going to push all the buttons and we're going to look at all the dials. And then we're going to have Joe Sweeney from Brooklyn. He's going to count down from 30, again, from a 30 second countdown, totally unnecessary. Again, there just doesn't seem to be a mission control at this point. Mm. And so why are they even counting? Just turn the key and press the gas is what yeah. I would say. One, two, three, go. Right. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. 30. Everything's happening in that 30 seconds. Nothing Not happens. like they're like charging anything. No, exactly. Up any tank. Do you think exactly. people at the time also felt that this was slow? Because like we're watching it from, you know, we're, we're all very familiar with high concept films. Move, move this shit mm-hmm, along. Mm-hmm. There's a formula. So do you think people at the time, or do you think that they were like enthralled with this, the space? I think they, yes, I think they were probably overwhelmed by the inside of this rocket ship. I think they're looking at these tubes and wires back here. I think they're looking at all of the buttons and gauges. They're reading the the signs. Uh, they're looking at, you know, the, the, the sort of video monitor setup they have. Again, more ladders, plenty of ladders in the spaceship. But all of this, I'm sure, is pretty it's not entirely novel because at this point we've had flash gordon and we've had 
uh, serialized black and white versions of this same thing. We've been talking about going to space for a very long time and creating fantasies around that. But this is in color, vib vibrant, lifelike color. And it's also presented in a, again, a very practical, non-fantastical way. This is supposed to be reality. And so they're looking at the future. So this is the equivalent, the equivalent of us watching, you know, some kind of, uh, let's say, you know, metaverse heavy mm -hmm. film today where it's like, this is what it's going to be like in 10 years. Like, this is the this same is thing. This is the equal comparison to attending or going on a ride at Epcot Center in, you know, 1990. Yeah, this is, it's futurism. It's at its finest. This is what the World's Fair used to give us. This is a glimpse into tomorrow. These are the technologies that will be coming. A touch screen. You can just touch the screen itself. And now we all have them in our pockets. Look at that. They were right. But this, these dials I thought were amusing because uh, there is a, a special sign they had produced called that says, do not operate unless control system is fully connected, which should go without saying is what yeah. I, I would think. Um, like, why, who's disconnecting it? Most expensive pile of junk in history. That's horrific typography, by the way. This is, uh, you, don't, you, you don't care for the sans serif? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, wh why the space before the do? Do not operate. Well, the, oh, it's not been justified properly, no, is not. it? Yeah, and it's also attached crooked. This yeah. is not well. Maybe yeah. this is the end of the frame. Actually, this is maybe a crooked Y'all are really examining this one shot. Listen, Shrishma, If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Do not operate unless control system is fully connected. Which again, it's a spaceship. Who's but it's, hold on. Can I also? Can isn't I, it? Isn't it? Shouldn't we be living by this? Yeah. Well, sure. All I've zoomed in on it. Yeah, but movie. see, that sign is justified so with the crooked line of that's underneath, running underneath these clocks and fans right. or fuel pumps. Sorry. Well, this is all uh, right, and it's tough to say if yeah, if it, the, it, the shot is crooked. Guys, I'd like to yeah. spend the next twenty-five minutes doing a forensic <laughs> analysis. Um, oh, okay, we'll, but we'll I did want to share, we'll you know, uh, a very funny uh, meme that I saw that was like, hey, we have developed, um, you know, video conferencing technology only to discover we still prefer sending letters via text and email. <laughs> That's in. If I have oh, to see your face, I don't want to. Thanks very much. Okay. So you feel like they should be just texting their comms. Yeah. <laughs> texting from 30. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Just sure. Saying. So the the takeoff occurs and we start to see G force. An interesting representation of G forces. Yes. So we yeah. see all these guys. This is some hardcore acting, everybody. Oops. I'm curious to know how but they did this. They're not actually pulling these faces. Yeah, exactly. How did they do this? Because they're not pulling these faces. You don't themselves. think so? You don't think they're how just can sort of they, How can they pull their eyelids back? Can you pull your eyelids back? I can do the the mouth. Okay, then so it's got to be. How is it being done? Fishing yeah, lines? I'm like wondering fishing, if it's being pulled from. Stuff being pulled. I wondered if there was like tape. Because, I mean, I thought initially maybe it was like. Uh, He's got bulgy cheeks. What is this? Wind, wind or something like that. This bulgy. But nothing else is moving. This is suspect. Yeah. Some kind of application. And it's, there seems to be a similar mm -hmm. one here. But the, I mean, this is some real. I thought this was good because I mean, it's having me, it's making me think. I thought that. of fans as well. That's like true. high powered fans, but then nothing, the shirt collar isn't moving. Yeah. Nothing right. else is moving. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I love the fact that they're launching into space. No helmets. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this Zero is totally climate controlled. Apparatuses. Make sure we're, we're all f- full of oxygen. Yeah. It's all good. Make sure the windows are closed, of course, but otherwise you're you're free to just lay back. I mean, in Marvel these days, seems like we can all breathe in, in space if you watch Marvel. Like, yeah, so they've got space magic, though. They're they've superheroes. Got, I mean, even Iron Man could Stark be Stark level uh, technologies. Yeah, I mean... I guess. I, I guess. But they're all doing it. And it's just this shot of the four of them in their bunk chairs with their faces being pulled back in comical fashion. It went on forever. It went on for, It goes forever. Ever. And this is the rest of the film. Give you the feeling of the takeoff. I guess this is yeah, the first yeah. time. Maybe, maybe they thought, they're putting this, it hey, on. look, we've really hit something here. This is really effective. Let's yeah. give the audience a lot of this effect. And I think this is them explaining to the, to the audience how this is all going to happen in reality. I mean, you do feel the G forces when you are taking off. That is real. And when they finally reach orbit and they start floating around, they start explaining the, the idea of like, there's no falling, there's no, uh, there's no atmosphere. So you, so sound can't be transmitted. So you have to use your radio. Like they, they talk, they talk about the vacuum of space <laughs> an awful lot. And they, oh, Jesus. Oh, yes. so, okay, so they oh. they make it into space. Can we talk about the what camera do you do in space? maneuvering You're... to do oh, these particular me. zero gravity? I think it's done really well. I think this I is... I think especially uh, for the era. I'm just thinking like the first time we saw like that rotating camera, like, uh, you know, camera angle to make it look like someone was walking on the ceiling, I'm pretty sure it was um, Fred Astaire and... The royal wedding. Singing in the rain. No, royal wedding. Oh, okay, and it, okay. he makes it, they like put this room that would spin around the camera and he had to choreograph yeah. this whole dance piece about how to make it look like he was dancing up the walls and on the ceiling. So the yeah, camera yeah. stayed stationary yeah. with the rooms. And I just, like, there's so many, yeah. this is another example of like ingenuity without all of the CG that had to be done physically at the time in film, mm, which is mm-hmm. actually really, really cool. Mm. Oh, definitely. And these effects are pretty, they're pretty good. I, I don't, I didn't see any fishing line. No, uh, these are very low res again. Did, did you notice the, the cartoony bit with the pill? Yes. Okay. So yeah. this is great. Okay. So Joe Sweeney, he gets himself, he's space sick. You know, so people get car sick, people get air sick, he gets space sick. And so, it's uh, because his body is acclimating to being in uh, free orbit. Thank you. Zero G. Training. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's just a schlub from Brooklyn. They don't do it like this in Brooklyn. And so the doctor, or not, sorry, not the doctor, but the, uh, no, it's, it's the doctor gives him the pill? I yes. guess so. There's a pill. It is an animated pill, animated so that it can float around in the cabin in, uh, in zero G. And dust, like medicine well, as no, it it's like it, he like Literally, it, I fell asleep for that right? no like, but it's just a pill yeah. like he he kind of like has it in his hand and it just oh, like floats out and he's like oh like that. to show the gravity yeah, yeah zero okay. g yeah. yes and then there is uh he's he says something about like he can't swallow it and the doctor is like well it'll take some practice without gravity is that how swallowing works is gravity Essential to sw- I thought it was just muscles in your throat. Yeah, I mean, I moving down. I mean, I was a bit uh, unsure about that. I feel like they were peristalsis is the is the movement, the muscle. Yeah, Catherine, you're right. Look at you, Doctor Catherine. I don't. But I don't. I, don't think gravity I mean, has any gravity must play some part because it evolved in such a way. But I mean, yeah. whether it's just that you just have to make a little bit more of an effort to go. 
you know. I just, yeah, I feel I like just, he I was don't know. stepping I, out of the purview of hard science and sort of being speculative there. Like, oh, well, it's the gravity. Oh, I mean, anyway. well, look at that over there. It's the moon. So uh, Barnes puts on these magnetized boots we're looking at here. And this is uh, a very charming idea of, well, with zero G, how do you walk around? I mean, nowadays we just float. You just kind of float around and there are a bunch of handles and you pull yourself or what have you. But these guys, they want to walk on the ceiling and, and, and the walls and the floor. So it's just magnets. This goes on forever as well. Mm. Great sound work, though. Great foley of the magnets attaching and detaching. It got annoying well when they were all every doing footstep it. yeah exactly for the rest of the film it's like we can fade some of this down please okay check we get levels. it now yeah. so they look out the window and uh, they see the earth of course and they call the earth the earth is terribly impressed that they actually made it they can't believe it and they are now they make it very clear that they are tracking them using radar and at this point guys radar is fresh out of the box yes. it's real hot technology and a very big deal. So they, anyway, they, they're looking down at the earth and they see the, the lights of the coast and the dark side of the planet. And it's, it's all very exciting and romantic and it's a very big deal. And so, uh, they have, we get into our colorful they space then have, suits. <laughs> well, before that, they have some space snacks. They eat a banana and some sandwiches yes. and drink some coffee and a special coffee cup and all this. And Sweeney plays a harmonica but their radar all of a sudden stops working. And again, radar is everything in these days because Sweeney had greased the antenna. Now they're out in the cold vacuum of space and it is frozen. The antenna, the whole thing. They got to go outside. Cue the colorful spacesuits. And here they are. Uh, and they're filled with all kinds of very technical, scientific y type equipment, such as rope. And, uh, Rope's very important. Oh my God. Funky wrenches. And flashlights. The, it's just, the rope going out to catch people was yeah. oh yes, amazing. Yeah. Like, I, that's so. This is basically when David and I just started cracking up and could not stop laughing yeah. <laughs> because of how goofy it was. Like we're to the point where it's like the spacesuits look goofy. The the whole like yeah, I, this is really. The rope is <laughs> cracks me up to no right, end, but also the flashlights. It's dark in space. We're gonna we might need this. But we talk about Star this scene. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh my god! It's yeah, it's amazing. We um we talk about this scene. Yeah, I don't know. Small detour again. Okay. Uh, very recently, there was um the new Fast and Furious movie came out. They drive a car into space, in space. right? Mm. Okay, yeah. so I think Do that's they, in the same oh level of gimmicky as okay. this, and I was like okay. 2020 or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Put that on my list to not watch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did they really just do this? <laughs> but again, so they 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 pop out to go check the antenna on the spaceship, and the them exiting the ship. That effect is actually works really well. I yes. couldn't figure out how they did it, but they come out and they they sort of come upright as the magnets attach, but it is Dr. No levels of mm -hmm. spacewalking at this point. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of getting from here to there. We're going to show you every goddamn second of it right. because we're in space. I thought the, the same thing. Least. I was thinking about how we're like, we're walking from here to there. Do -do -do. Yeah, right, right. I was thinking the exact same thing when I was watching this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta check the antenna. <laughs> anyway, so that Dr. Cargraves ends up falling off the back of the spaceship somehow. He's just, mm. I don't know how that happened, 
And it does. If it's just like a oops. Yeah, and it it does go against everything they've been telling us about no friction in space because he just he goes he's he's gone, and so they have to. It's a good thing they have those ropes attached, very technical, sciencey ropes. You know, if there's any, one thing I've learned from watching all these space movies, yeah. the rope is the to hold to, to to heather you exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I got a crazy idea here, by the mm. way, space program. If you're listening, right. and I know you are, NASA, pay attention. Two tethers per, per person. Per person. Not, not even yeah. just one, because uh, we've seen time and time again that they those just, tethers. Mm, they just pop. They, they, yeah, they go. So get a second one. Why not? You can afford it, right? Right. You got the appropriations for, just, for double we're rope. We're just talking about some system. rope. But we get uh, some lunar landscape here, and it, it looks outstanding. It's not entirely accurate to what we What's would eventually find. Have this is the or this is Earth, I believe. This is an Earth rise, but this is a very well rendered rendition of a lunar landscape as seen from a telescope. You know, again, we're not anywhere near being in orbit at this point. Right. But this looks fucking great, and they all get into their multicolored suits again, and they are ready to hop down. And I mean, was anybody else just waiting for like a little green man to come out from behind the rock? I. Honestly, I thought we were headed there. I thought there was going to be something. Because I'm like, okay, we're here now. What's going to happen? What's what's the drama? Exactly. What's the drama now? No drama. (laughs) No, exactly. Other than the fact that we we got through the drama, they landed through our fuel, and now we can't take off. It's just, yeah, a documentary at this point of them walking around. and and, Sciencey thing. Yes. And at this point, I just want a charming reminder of where we are at this point. We've got all this fabulous technology, but we're still using ladders. So, ladders can you, are We're still carrying ladders around, you know? Yeah. Hand me the movable ladder. I got to take it down so we can climb down, everybody. But I mean, that—that that, just observation. The, um, the, the floor there, it kind of looks like the bottom of a dried... Lake bed. Yes, like uh, like so the salt like flats. Been water there. Yes, something yes. like that is is the suggestion here. Yes, it's all cracked and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, yes, it looks it looks to be somewhere in Utah, something like that. And so the doctor and Barnes come down first. They are the first men to walk on the moon, and Barnes is. Nobody makes a fuss about that though. Well, yeah, they. they they really don't. It's not. It's not as monumental as the actual thing would be. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of Barnes is like, "Hey, do, take ownership, do it." And Doctor Hargraves says, "I take possession of this planet?" Question mark. It's, a, it's planet. a satellite, right? Thank you very much. <laughs> On behalf of and for the benefit of all mankind, and he does this in the name of God and the United States and all of this. So you're welcome, uh, rest of the world. And then they immediately get patched into a radio interview, and the Earth is very excited about the moon landing, as it turns out. And the people of the world are congratulating them, to which they respond with like just the worst interview, yes, no response, which is, well, thank you. Thank you. They both say thank you. The end. Nothing else. Nothing about profound feelings or, you know, it's a monumental one giant leap for mankind. None of that. Just, well, thanks. We're up here. Yeah. Gotta go. And there is then everybody else joins them on the plant, uh, the on the moon's surface, and there is some light bickering about who is going to help who and which tasks. Some people want to take photos. Some people want to do some Geiger counting. That's right, guys. We've got a lunar Geiger counter seen here that the generals got, 
And uh, as we know, this is one of the key elements of what it is we do here at Old Movie Time Machine is we count the Geigers. We count the atomic discharge, everybody. And that's what they're going to do on the moon. First things first. Did you pick up any additionals given the background of the atomic rocket they just landed That's a in? great point, Catherine. That's going to throw off all of your numbers. Mm. Presumably, they've teared their- Normalized Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right, right. Okay. That's, Let's give them the benefit of the doubt there that Your they've mm, they've <laughs> accounted for that. Sorry, that was you're, I didn't I didn't even think that at the time. No, when you're I totally right. Me neither. It's just like oh well, some of it's <laughs> some of it's giving a reading. Interesting. And again, another another glimpse of some it's of these spacescapes. Nice, uh, this is all Ch like, the Chesers, Chesers bone stell. Look at look at them go. This is fantastic. It's awesome. I love this. That's great. So they go walk around on the moon, and that's what they do. do. Some stuff. Um, Let's get busy. It turns out that Sweeney, go figure, the idiot from Brooklyn, he's only mildly impressed by being because oh. there's no babes, there's no beer, and there's no baseball. <laughs> I'm supposed to watch uh, Brooklyn Dodgers on the, on the moon. Ain't, you know, ain't no Dodgers up here. Ain't not even any Yankees. I hate the fucking Yankees. <laughs> so they set up some equipment on the moon to take photos. Oh, but look at these space. outfits. Look. And let's, Carolyn, would you like yes. to describe the spacesuits for the people at I home? I would, just to save them from watching this film, because yeah. these, oh, come on. these <laughs> helmets, yes, are still the screw-in kind into the suit itself, but there's mm -hmm. just the plane of- At least they're wearing helmets. Right. Yeah. It does look like there's even glass, though. No, but there's like, like just the open. circular hole on the front with glass so they can see through it. No peripheral vision whatsoever. And then- yeah, yeah. There is definitely like some articulation coils around the neck, elbows, and knees that yeah, some joint, some joint tubes, right? Some joint tubes that would padding. give you some yeah. extra fabric to be able to bend your limbs. Well, they know these this, the, these exterior spacesuits are kind of the equivalent of what we would call play pants. They know <laughs> that they're going to be out there, kind of playing around, maybe doing a lot of kneeling. <laughs> they look like Teletubbies. Yeah. Grass stains. So you just want to put some patches on there. They're multicolored I mean, Teletubbies. We have royal blue, mm, some sort of tealish green, some sort of butter yellow, and then orange. Yeah. And it is like hot orange. Hot orange, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they have some suspenders with some sort of metal belt and or like almost what you would see like a baseball, yeah. a baseball Chilly park, bow, isn't it? Um, like popcorn oh, like a, and like beer. A, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hot, dogs, Hot dogs, candy apples. Right. Yeah, right, right. Right. So that, that must, you know, I'm just saying like, I don't know if they've got snacks in there, but they should. Uh, they've they've got air bottle backpacks, you know, not tanks, but bottles, of course. Yeah, yes. and they're, and they're just out there doing doing astronaut things, and and the Earth checks in with them, but is only so interested because they're sort of like, well, let us know how it goes, and we'll get back with to you in 24 hours, which is so funny. Like, their Earth seems to be handling this the way that somebody about to break up with somebody else would mm. handle that by like, yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine, but I got to go. I got to go. Bye. 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 Yeah. Yes. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. So um, I don't know what's happening. This is it. I mean, there was no talk about uh, breaking communications because of, you know, all bits and dark side and no, all that kind of just disinterest. Yeah. Just, just like, ah, all right, whatever. We've got other things happening down yes, here. Yeah, see you later. Bye. So yeah. Korea is, is, is blowing up. I got to go. We'll, we'll check in same time tomorrow. All right. Laters. Astronauts walking around in space. 
So, but what happens is Barnes is uh, hard at work doing his calculations inside the spaceship because he has done a, a, a suboptimal landing, of course, burned too much fuel. And so this is the drama of the picture now. We have to get rid of weight so we can break you know, the pull of gravity on this planet, quote unquote, and get back to Earth, right? So we have to get back to space. So they need to drop five or six tons or something like that. And so then it becomes a movie about moving. Right. We're just moving shit out and doing what, uh, including these out. these yeah. these padded the padded seats I clocked before. Why are going to sit on? Do you know what these are called, Trishma? They refer Fair. to these as. Uh, hold on. Acceleration couch pads okay. is what these are called. Um, and they got to go. Can Sorry. Can we get those Need... for our current couches? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're a little. Fast you going on your current couch. <laughs> this also looks like a shitty prison These are reflexive. Mattress. They can handle it. <laughs> FYI. They, they can. Uh... I mean, if you need to go real fast. I think I think Ikea sells these nowadays. They're but again, big. this is very And they loose. do the wipe clean as well. So I... yeah, they, so there's like a vinyl, right? Yeah, <laughs> It's wipeable. It's nice. So you can have some grape juice on there if you want to and just not oh, worry yeah. about it. Grape juice. Yeah. But if you do spill, again, shampoo is the key ingredient to cleaning up spills on carpets and uh, furniture. Anyway, it's just – and we we start a time-honored human tradition, which is just go to the moon and leave a bunch of garbage. Junk on there. Just a pile of shit. Just all, look at all these oxygen bottles out here. And they've just – what is all this for? If you can get rid of this, why did you when take it in the first place? Been there. God's sake. Anyway, this is the rest of the movie. And then it gets down to like, okay, we're still uh, a ton off. We have to, and then they, they, the doctor or the general gets a hacksaw out and starts sawing off the, uh, the ladder, the attached ladder bits just so they can make weight. They decide, okay, look, we're going to get rid of the spacesuits. They have to go as well. So we'll just keep one so he can survive the vacuum of space as he's ditching all of our garbage, our space garbage. And they eventually get down to, we're going to actually take out the control desk. This thing weighs a bunch. I guess there's no flying required because they're just kind of falling back onto Earth. Yeah, I, basically. And this is when they finally get down to the radio where they're like, look, hey, radio. Oh. That's a really funny message. But they're like, hey, listen, the radio's got to go. So we'll see when we get back. Bye. And they just hang up on Earth. And then they pull the radio out and chuck it Sorry. There was a comment I clocked. I can't remember exactly where it falls, um, but they said the return trip is easier because it's basically downhill. Yes. What Which, the hell? They, they went through all the trouble of showing us a Woody Woodpecker cartoon explaining vacuums and space. space and, like, and yada yada. And only to just undo all of it. With, shit all over. Just talk about the gravity. Just talk about it's a smaller body. Maybe we hadn't figured it out yet. I don't know. It's downhill though to Earth. <laughs> <Yes>. Right. <laughs> From the moon. Just give us a push. We'll just roll back to Earth. God. And in the end, they're 110 pounds short. And they, they oh. we get into this argument about who's going to be more noble. Right. Yeah. Who's braver? Who's gonna Who's gonna stay behind? Everybody wants to stay behind. Oh, okay. Which is a great testament to their friendship. I think that they all believe that the other people are irreplaceable and, and essential to humanity. Mm-hmm. Very, very mm-hmm. nice. If you want to see it that way, Catherine, I see your skepticism there. Mm-hmm. But they uh, eventually, Joe Sweeney just solves the problem for them, and he sneaks out. He he's been the one remaining in suit okay. to chuck things out the airlock, and so he goes down there. And just when we think that we're going to have a real key emotional moment of this man, this very simple, regressive, 
cowardly, skeptical Brooklynite man is going to make this noble sacrifice for these guys to return to the earth. They're like, wait a minute, we've got a different idea. Uh, you know, this thing weighs X amount. And also your spacesuit weighs 75 pounds, they say, like 70 pounds, somewhere around there. They're like, get back in here. We can figure this out. And then they come up with a crazy scheme where they attach an oxygen bottle to the spacesuit and then close the door. So it's being pulled. There's a rope. Again, the ropes are key to this. You go, they open the door, everything flies out, and then they're allowed to take off, which they do. And that is the end of the film, or should I say the end of the beginning? Oh, oh the film. Can we talk about this last oh. <laughs> this last title card? Because again, I chuckled. But I love it. I actually love it. It's the end of the beginning of the space age. It's so optimistic. It's so optimistic. Yes. This is the space race is beginning. Right, you guys, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to do it. We've just laid out the entire plan for you. It's all uphill and downhill, easy peasy, right? And this is now we get to work, you guys. This is the the calling card. This is the the mantra that but we're going to do. But it's also like all of this is all like the the root of the space race is like this this rivalry with Russia. Mm. Uh, I'm sure like this kind of motivated, you know, both sides. Mention that. Though, they didn't mention. Though. Yeah, no, didn't just. There was no like, specific. It's another, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just an other. Foreigners, yeah, yes. The assumption is, yeah, no. the Reds. Mm, yes. Right. But So this is it. This is the end of the beginning and that's Destination Moon. I mean, they got there and they came back. They so did. Apparently, they well, we didn't see them land. I mean, like. Yeah, well, we really didn't see. It's, it's almost like the money ran out. Right. It just, it's all downhill, isn't it? I mean, yeah. quite literally. Well, we don't even really see them land properly on the moon. No. We just see. Yeah. They arrived. It's because they blew their, their like, cartoon so. budget on Woody. <laughs> I think so. They were like, the Woody. Wait, we're into month seven of the Woody Woodpecker cartoon. You guys, this is like five minutes of our movie. What are we right. doing? But that's what you get with animation, right? So there it is. Let's talk the final ultimate question on behalf of all humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Catherine Sherlock. Yes. 1950s Destination Moon. Mm. We keep watching this? So. Okay. I think it has relevance because it's informed so many other things. Clearly, it's, yeah. it, it's inspired a lot of, you know, great people who went on and did, you know, films that we love and, you know, greater understanding of like the depiction of science, actual science, not fantastical science. They're making an effort. It's a different kind of film. It's almost documentary-like. Yes. Yeah. Or like a how-to. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm with you. I think, uh, Mm. they're, they're trying hard and a lot of the tropes Mm. that we see to this day come from here. But Shrishma, do we keep watching this? I mean- because we've like because from this time there's so many different versions of it. Yeah, I just don't feel we need to go back to this one. Like a because more you know, temporary. Yeah, because just in terms of everything that they've excluded from it, like it's so blatant. Like when you watch the movie, I think there's. Mm-hmm. I get that this was you know the, the origins of the idea mm-hmm. and this that and the other, but yeah, it has its problems. It has the usual problems. The of usual films problems, of this era. yeah, of this mm-hmm. and, and even more severe have, because yeah. it, it's it's science. Therefore, <clears throat> it can only be the world of a white man, it's American men, no American, less. Yeah. Men. yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. This, yeah. Um, so it's a no from you. 
Yeah, I would say a no. It's a no for me. Okay. Carolyn Nowrose. Destination Moon. We keep watching this. I am going to say no. Although mm-hmm. I understand the significance of where it would stand within a specific genre's, you know, lexicon of of mm-hmm. materials. But I have to agree that we are it's far more advertising for the space program or the need to have a race for space than it is with any truth or right. transparency. And I realize that is a completely 21st century opinion on this, but that is what mm-hmm. we're here for. That's the point. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, to a certain extent, I would much rather watch War of the Worlds, which I think I also mm. said, well, I mean, no, I think I said yes to that one. I, I would cut this one out. No. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. It's a no from you. Yeah. It is. It's a yes for me. Now it's not really a surprise. I know I've been very pro this movie throughout, <laughs> right. but I do think for the, and I don't think that's going to be the case every, every time we hit a space movie. Right. I know there are movies coming up on our schedule that it's going to be a hardcore no, like an easy no, even though they are similar in style to this. But I feel like because this is such a let's say aside from the lack of women and uh, people of color and you know anybody who's not a white american man i think this is a very wholesome representation of the dreams of mankind and the atomic the beginning of the atomic age coming out of the war this is this was our wildest fantasy brought to life and put on the screen and this is these this is the stuff dreams were made of and I'm cool with it. And they got pretty close on some things. The things they didn't are again, just real charming and how far away they were. But I do think that this is relevant. I'm not saying that this is a great movie. I don't think that it's too slow to be a great movie, but I do think it's an important movie and I would like to keep it around. Mm. So let's keep it in circulation. Now it'll be interesting to see, the next iteration of this, which is Conquest of Space, we mentioned earlier, 1955, same group of people producing, same similar concept. Will it hold up in the same way in, in my eyes? That's what I'm real curious to find out. But as far as this goes, going to the moon, I say yes. And with that, we have completed 1950s Destination Moon. Congratulations, everybody. We made it back. Again, this is new. We're still doing this. I Give don't know. Back. I just felt like it was appropriate. And so concludes yet another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. Well done, everybody. Thank you so much uh, past me for handing the end of the show over into the future. I will do my best with it. Uh, and what you should do is if you liked what we're doing, drop us a line. You just got to write us at partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. We would love to hear from you. And as for next week, we didn't mention it within the show itself, but we are talking about 1953's Invaders from Mars. That's right. This is a mini arc of two films, Space, at home and abroad. So we just watched Abroad. We went to the goddamn moon. Next week, we're the Space is coming home to us, Invaders from Mars. And it's available for you to watch in a few locations. You can stream it at Hoopla, Tubi, Pluto TV, and you can also rent or purchase it at Flix Fling. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, Go get caught up on Invaders from Mars, and we will see you here next Wednesday. And until then, this has been 
Old Movie Time Machine.